Hi, everybody. Welcome to our podcast, Black Woman Business. Um, let's dive right in. First of all, we'll address the questions um, that came up or the responses that came up, um, some of the questions personal, and then we'll delve into our main content for the day, um, which talks to what do you start how do you start, what to look out for, and um, solving the problem, already having customers before starting, the difficulties, the types of businesses, the help that you can get from places like CEDA, NYDA, I got some help from there, some very good help, getting on databases like the CSD, uh, or even databases of uh, private corporates or municipalities. What questions to ask at those places so you are relevant? Looking out for your competitors, um, managing your money, separating your money from the for the business and your personal usage. What bank? What type of bank accounts we can go for? Just to make sure that we got our compliance in order. Um, those are the things that we'll be covering this week. I hope you really enjoy this insert. Um, so what is also next is, um, we're going to follow up from last week's, uh, um, ending. Uh, I noticed quite a few people that came through with some questions, um, concerns, wanting to know also about the books that I've read. Um, some mentioned very deeply um, that the, the being angry with yourself after realizing that, ugh, you know what, I've been stuck in this pit for such a long time. Um, actually, I've known all these things that Tutul is talking about, but I just have not been doing it. Um well, I did receive from Ubusi, Ugeil, Udabsenziki, lots of other different people um, coming forward with these types of feelings. I just want to say, guys, we must be very quick to forgive ourselves. Otherwise, this whole exercise won't be worth it. Um, these thoughts or these um uh, 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 new revelations now that we're starting to entertain. It really won't be worth it moving forward. So we've been brave as women for, for lots of things. I mean, we have to deal with the pain of listening, um, about femicide, how one of us is being slaughtered, how we are being hunted out there. I mean, that's a lot to deal with. You know, the pain of giving birth, um, the pain of not being able to conceive, the pain of um, just going through life as a woman and all the other things that we need to deal with. So if we've been able to be brave for such things, surely this is something that we can stem against and start to birth out and do the things that we are meant to do, which is within our purpose. Um, the things that we are supposed to do, like um, there's no footprint of your life that a, another person can cover. No one else has walked the walk 
that you have has been born in the exact same circumstances facing the day the way that you have and you because of that we are being exposed to different ways of life and different things and our thoughts are not the same which shows there's plenty out there for us in terms of business exploring our our possibilities exploring what we can offer uh, to the economy right now it just needs us to use that same bravery that we have that we go through we use that in turn to better our economy to also better our way of life um for abandon to our way of life for ourselves so i mean um delving right in i had a few questions of uh, personal questions from uh Brenda, um asking about did my husband also always have the same vision when it comes to business um that's a funny story really because when i met my husband in 2002 he was already in business um i was in matric very um childish i really thought the idea of business that time like i asked myself what is this guy doing um he was running a print shop from his house and that time the internet was quite new so um he used to spend a lot of time uh, buying um buying his equipment um for the business and one time he actually came up and said you know what uh uh, this thing of the internet, I really see it going forward. So I bought these three computers and I would like people to come through and um, use the internet here. I mean, the idea of internet cafes wasn't even a thing at that time. So um, for me, I was just annoyed, really. I was just like, there's people coming in and out here. You know, we always have to be in our smiles. I mean, I'm just here to see my boyfriend. I don't, I don't want to be dealing with any of that. And... Yeah, so life went on and uh, we dated for about five years. Um, you must remember that I never ever believed in marriage since I was a young girl and, um, I saw, um, from close family, not even close family, even Estratoini, I was just looking at the marriages and I thought, wow, this is an institution to, um, it's actually a crap institution for people to deal with each other's nonsenses, like partner nonsense. And, um, they can never leave the marriage because there's usually kids and they've made a commitment to God and they just can't leave this thing. Um, and I just knew from a very young age, I wanted nothing to do with this thing. I'm never going to get married. I don't want to get married. So, um, I dated and as I grew up, I noticed that, okay, no, really, these were being confirmed. <laughs> these were being confirmed. I saw what was going on, divorces. I saw from my parents' marriage. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm right about this thing. This is a crap institution. I'm not going to be a part of it. And then... um. When I met Osipe, he really believed in marriage. I mean, in the first couple of dates, he already said, like, um, if things go really well and um, you like me and I really like you, even after a long time, I think 
um, we should get married. He said that. And I was just like, okay, no, this guy's having a good time. It's okay. You know, guys don't like to commit. Guys don't commit. They don't like marriage. You know, it's always the girls that are chasing for marriage. And I just have it in my mind that you are safe, bro. I'm not chasing for marriage. So, um, years went on and then it got to a time where he got very serious. I think it was like four years into our relationship. Um, I was about 21 that time. And then he mentioned, um, the whole story of, um, I think it's about time that we got married now. Um, I just always flipped it. Like I pretended I didn't hear him because I knew like, uh, I've got nothing to do with that, that life. And then, um, things got it very, got very intense when I moved to Muscle Bay. I was uh, uh, doing my in-service training, remember, at Petrese. And one time, I think I was about 22 that time, he, we were alone at the beach. He went down on one knee. He said, uh, yeah, he started going on about, um, He's found his true love. And I said, I also said, like, I, I found my true love because I, I was really excited about our relationship. Like, we were very happy. And then he got down on one knee and I'm just like, what are you doing? And then um he said, let's get married. I told him, Baba, Pagama Lavi, what are you doing? Uh, you've got me. I've got you. We don't need to sign some papers and prove to people that we love each other. And yeah, and then my biggest excuse was that um, I'm too young because I think I was 22 at the time. And um, I knew actually it's not because I'm young. I just don't want to do this thing. Actually, I'm not going to do it. And um, I explained to him that, listen, we can be like Oprah and Stedman because this thing, it works, you know. And he was like, you know what, Tuli, I'm not Stedman and you're not Oprah. So that's not going to work. Listen, this thing got to its climax and I got to, to see that this guy is going to get married with or without me. And I'm just not ready to lose him like that. So I just made sure, okay. Uh, I'm gonna try find something. So I said to him, uh, listen, you, you really want to get married. So I think you must just get yourself a job because, um, you, you must get yourself a job if you want to get, marry me. This thing of business, like I could see some months are down, some months are good, and there's people coming in and out of the house. If we're going to be raising a family, I don't want that type of situation. And also, um, I want medical aid. Like, how are you going to get medical aid for me if you are working in this way? The only way that's going to happen is if you get a proper job. And knowing him... Ah, he loves serving people. He loves to chat with strangers. That whole thing of having people in and out of his house was his vibe. So I knew he's not going to let go of that. So I, I just said, okay, we're going to sit in that pit of I'm forever trying to find a job. And then I'm forever waiting for you to find a job. So we're not going to get married until you do. Lo and behold, in two months, he said, I found a job at the city of Cape Town. Um, I've sold some of my stuff and I'm planning to sell the rest of it because um, I'm going to focus on um, the job and not the business. I was shocked. Okay, and I actually had no way out now. Um, okay, he's very serious. Okay. No, that's fine. And he already had a date when they're going to start Amalobola. Um, okay. No, this is actually getting quite serious. Um, 
my grandmother is always my sounding board in most cases, especially now that I'm all grown and um, not giving her a headache. <laughs> so um, I told her about this. I told her that um, the guy that I'm seeing is actually planning to come with his uncles and all of that. Immediately she sprung into action and said, you guys must go for counseling. Um, you must see um, Omfundis. That time, even now, so... <laughs> Guess who was Umfundisi, the man who was going to to our family council? Um, Umfundisi Falen, the one from Umshabuenen. So he's our pastor. We saw him for solid eight months um, in counseling, premarital counseling. And during that time, it was the up and down of Amalobola. I never told any of my close friends. I think it was just my grand the word within the family. Um, the entire time I never wore my engagement ring because honestly, I was asking myself, what the hell am I doing? Like, I, like I, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. So I couldn't even explain it to people who are close to me. So I just, I just didn't participate when it came to trying to explain to people that are outside. And then, um, yeah, he married us. Um, wonderful service. Um, my grand invited all of Guguleto, including the church. My friends had nowhere to sit. My Some of my friends are still angry <laughs> as to how I didn't tell them about the whole build-up, you know. So, but it worked out. And uh, since then, we've been seeing Umfundisi for counseling. We do that quite often. In fact, I was venting to him just last week. So, I mean, to keep our marriage going and that whole vision going, um, it was through counseling. We still receive plenty of counseling. Um, we also enjoy a lot of time together. Nusipe, he's more like my friend. So, yeah, I've been fortunate in that manner. And then another thing that really helped put uh, the vision in place um, is that he's always supported me, especially when I felt those urges of leaving um, corporate. Oh, he was very supportive that time, and um, he saw he saw the whole thing. And I've always felt guilty about that time when he had to stop and find a job I felt guilty about that because um, I see how far the people that he was serving at the time how far they've made it yes like they're doing very well and um, he was also like it, like internet has, has become a thing you know all these things that he was talking about they've become a thing so that for me was like ugh. but in any case I, I quickly just like you guys quickly forgave myself and then I just find a way but also he's also been very supportive and I went to plenty of these leadership courses women courses explaining exactly like uh, uh, um, how we conduct ourselves, how we um, give birth to ourselves in this journey and so forth. And one lady put up her hand and asked, how do we incorporate our partners? And for me, it was a big thing because Sipe and I are very different. He's very organized. He loves to chitter chatter. I'm, I'm very target driven and I, I'm, 
really very solid when it comes to due dates. I'm soft and wishy when it comes to stuff matters. Like I don't believe in those things of waiting until the 25th to pay our stuff. Like really, people are broke. And if we do have the money, why not pay them in advance anyway? But he always gets me, checks me out. And yeah, so he deals mostly with stuff matters. And um, and I mostly deal with corporates, big corporates that drag their feet when they don't want to pay our money. I'm always able to pull out that nogotola, you know. So, yeah, well, that's how we, we basically finding a way to complement ourselves um, at, in the workplace. I can't say we don't mix business with pleasure because, I mean, we chat about anything, really, anything goes. So, yeah, he's basically the person that's had the vision. And oh, Brenda also asked about the children, like, how do I find the balance of being a mom, a wife, um, uh, you know, all these things and a businesswoman. And then when it comes to the children, really, I use the same strategy. It's to incorporate them in everything I do. I speak very openly about my business because I feel I'm fortunate now. Uh, like I can, I can have a proper conversation with them. So they, that grown enough. Oh, Susonke is turning 13. Ulanda is turning 11. Both girls and a boy is Lamlina four. So I tell them about what I'm doing all the time to the point that I even tell them the values of the deals, um, that I'm going through. So Susonke is my big critique. Yes, sir. She doesn't uh, mess around. She will tell me as it is. Sometimes too painful. Like the other day I was on a Zoom and um, the meeting was going really well. As soon as I put down the call, she opened my door. She's like, girl, you're sounding very desperate. I'm like, Ibo, I'm excited. She's like too enthusiastic, too much, too much volume, too much excitement. Like you're scaring these people. I'm just like, <laughs> so she's that girl and she's only 13 years. And the other day I was telling her, yo, um, there's this municipality that I've been bidding to like forever, you know, uh, since the company started, I've been bidding and I've also changed my offerings. I've been doing presentations for them. Nix, no purchase order since she just looked at me. She's, she's, she's shaking her head. She's like, you don't realize that these people, they don't want you. They, they don't want your efforts. You are wasting your time. You, you don't see that. Hey, this child. Anyway, so yeah, those are my conversations with my 13 year old. And we talk about, and she will ask me, like, how much are you going to make out of this? Because you're spending too much time on it. And, um, she also checked out, like, um, the viewings for this podcast. She'll tell me what works. So she, she told me, like, if you're having more subscribers, you must push content more often. You must give content people want to watch. Um, so yeah, yeah. So I get lots of advices there and we're not uh, scared to talk about money you know how much money we are spending and profiting it's an open talk like over the over the uh, uh, dinner table and i think also another thing that's made us fortunate is that we don't have tv so i mean the other gadgets do get in the way but we find lots of time speaking to each other because there's none of that background noise that TV provides, you know. TV is just always there. There's somebody saying something all the time in the house and it's it's the TV. And then my 10-year-old Landa, she offers her 
massages so she's got a business she offers the best massages last night she did uh, facials for me and her dad and she buys all the stuff um she's very good at it and so yeah those are the type of things then play things that we do even in the house like when they wanted to change to homeschooling last year when COVID hit so uh, we asked them to submit proposals I mean it's not like a real proposal like it's like a, <laughs> a paragraph but we call it a proposal and then we set a date uh, where they're going to do a pitch and explain to us why uh, they want homeschooling they must come with bullet points advantages disadvantages and then yeah we agree to it and they move to homeschooling and then uh, my four-year-old Aya oh he's so sweet he pretends he knows everything we're talking about and um, the other day when I asked Landa oh my feet are hurting and Ulanda he's, she's so good and she's making uh, lots of money here in the house with her massages so she's got days where she doesn't open she, she and she doesn't entertain that she says i need to rest so um on that day i was just like like i need um i need a foot massage and she was like no i'm closed and then aya was in the room and then aya let her leave and then i come to my ear and whispered uh mommy i can I can give you a massage if you're going to pay me. I said, oh, let's come. Let, let's do it. And she, he massaged me. And then I paid him a 50 rand. And then he ran and he showed his sisters and he was all excited. Oh, here comes Landa storming into my room. Um, Mama, I, I, I don't agree with what you've done. I'm like, baby, this is the way of life. If you don't, if you don't want to, like you are closed, somebody else is open. So, I mean, that's the way we go about it, eh, eh, Brenda. Those are the things that we do, you know. So, um, a lot of the other guys are talking about um, uh, flaws and failures, how I've overcome um, and how um, difficult it was. Um, yes. I'm definitely setting up an entire an entire um episode on epic wins. Like, yeah, when I'm really hit uh, slamming it. Yeah, just yes, yes, when I'm on a roll, winning, 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 winning. And then also my epic failures. Oh God. I can actually have an entire season on those ones. But we're also dedicating uh uh an episode to that. Epic failures. Yes, I've had some epic failures. Failures that, eh, like I said, an entire season would be worth it. And then I also had um, a comment from Uno Sandler about, uh, okay, she liked the podcast, but I didn't talk about Ubunzima also. Ubunzima, because like things are so tough, you know, things are always tough. I was just like, you know, sometimes as human beings, we really love to wallow in negativity and harshness and hardness like no guys and there's a new word that i've learned it's called poverty porn and it's about really making sure that you watch things you see things that validate poverty validate harshness and negativity let's stay away from that like i said let's be very selective of the content that we want in our space let's stop this whole thing of wanting to wallow into ugliness and harshness some things are not harsh 
Some businesses are not harsh. Some businesses are not difficult at all. But the way that we sometimes just look out for difficulties, it's, it, 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 it baffles me. Like there's one time like when, um, with my first side hustle, like I said, uh, when we rented out our house in Potesach, we rented it out for a year at a time. Our tenant paid us for a year. No agent needed, like there's no hardship there. We just have a contract that don't mess our house around. End of story. Our money's in the bank. What is so hard there? Sometimes things are not hard, guys. Sometimes things are pretty straightforward and very simple. And those ones are the ones that are, you know what, good money. It's good money. Like I listened to this other podcast of this lady um, who did that whole, I don't know if you guys remember that cardboard that people take a picture it's a square it's a square yes and people show their faces and it says hashtag whatever if there's an event hashtag and she was talking about how simple that thing was basically they met somebody at the network at a networking meeting and um this guy knew that they were in it and printing and what and then he asked them to have that sort of thing they bought a software i think it was for five thousand rands problem which is also um an advantage for them most people thought that they had to come up with something supernatural to print that cardboard and do the hashtag thing no they only bought that um software and then they printed any hashtag that the customer wanted she says we made money like we've never seen. We were doing so many events. People were, we actually stopped the people. We, we said, no, we, we're not available. Um, to the point that one very uh, luxurious brand asked them to come over and then they said no. And the brand said, we'll pay you about 50,000 for doing that work for two days, you know? So I'm just like, Sometimes it's pretty simple and there are pretty simple times. It depends on what you recognize. What I like also about this is the three things, the three ways of trying to recognize the business, like how to start, you know, there's three things that you can do. We're not going to reinvent the wheel. We're not going to do things that are supernatural, never done like heart or heart surgery or, you know, we're going to do the things that do exist already, but because you are taking it, sometimes, sometimes you are taking it from uh, a place that already exists. Like this one lady also explained on the same podcast, uh, she's got the Galileo cinemas, the outside cinemas. Uh, so she went into Canada. She's very well traveled. She went to Canada. Her friend invited her to an outside cinema. It was freezing, freezing. And then she said, you know what? But this thing, if I can take it to South Africa, because we've got good weather and just nice venues like Kirsten Bosch and so forth. She took it there. Voila. I mean, it worked. And then it just grew and grew and grew. So other things, if you just like, even when you in, in, travel internally in South Africa and see like how other things have been made so simple and you get to your own place where you live and you implement it there, I mean, it can work wonders. I'm sure you guys can think of some examples. And 
especially as black people, we're so exposed to so much when it comes to things, Emakaya, going to up to Limpompo, to Mpumalanga, and we're coming from all these cities. Surely there's something that we can offer in between. Even these play, um, play areas, hiring a jumping castle in Pai Emakaya, finding a place, even Nabon Onandi are selling e-jumping castles. Plug it in, Emakaya. It's a fun day. They have a place to play. Like simple things like that, guys. Not really reinventing the wheel. The three things that they, um, I would like to also mention is that it's either with what is existing, you're going to come in cheaper than what is already in the market. Very difficult one. You must find suppliers. You must be really connected to find suppliers that will offer you at a cheaper rate. It's possible. It happens. Um, and then the second one, you must give a quality service and deliver on time and just do those things. Just be over the top when it comes to the quality of what you are offering. I mean, in my business, I think that's the one that I'm pretty good at. And I love it because it's a shocker <laughs> when that a black supplier can actually deliver on time and meets to their way and they actually deliver something of quality, you know. So I love it. And I love it when the customers are so shocked. I love it uh, because it makes them really remember us. And then the other one is some offering something Thing that people think that uh, they can't compete like that story of the hashtag they don't know they think that it's a supernational thing or it's a big thing that you are offering but you know because you've been exposed to other people doing it in another place you know so um you know uh, uh you know you've got a few a few clues on how to navigate this thing you've gone to Cape Town, you've lived in Cape Town, you see how things are, and then you go and you implement. Or even within Cape Town, you've been watching for a certain thing. The main thing here is to be very aware. Your lights must be on at this time, looking at what are people needing. What? I know, guys, I know. It's pretty cliche. I've heard it a few times. You must be solving a problem. There's lots of problems, especially here in Africa, especially in the little uh, uh, communities that we are in. If you come in with something that's going to solve that problem, that's why I can't speak for you. We are exposed to different things. You know, we've seen different lives. We're thinking in different ways. And this thing of thinking in different ways also... We are an emerging country as South Africa, an emerging country, um, top 10, in fact, included with China, uh, and other, other countries. So are we going to participate in this emergence or are we going to watch Otuli doing the things, you know, because this is the time. This is the time to do the things. You know, with China, I, when I was a little girl, I really used to hate food. I hated anything that's got to do with food, the smell, everything. And think up until I was like 14 years old. And my grandmother used to torture me for this. I mean, the whole family would be having dinner. Everybody would leave the table and I'd be left there. Some days I'd pretend to fall asleep next to the food. She would let me sit there. She, it was almost like a power struggle between the two of us. I 
think I was about 10 or 11. So I used to find a lot of time sitting on the table being bored. <laughs> One day she even switched off the lights and let everybody go to sleep while I was still sitting in the table. <laughs> my grand Scott. Anyway, so um, I took my spoon and I turned it around. I said the bag made in China. But I would ask myself, how would a spoon coming from so far? I mean, China is a far place. How did it make it here in this house to me? I mean, so surely there's a places that make spoons south, some year, uh, somewhere around here in South Africa. I mean, somewhere around here in Cape Town, even uh, surely there's a place. And um, to my surprise, not really. It actually meant that the spoon was really made in China. But growing up, I told myself, no man, it must be a decoration. Um, nothing against the Chinese. Nothing against the Chinese, but. I'm just, I think we need to learn also from them as an emerging country as well when it comes to manufacturing and doing things of our own. I mean, I was shocked also a couple of years when I realized beads, African beads, there's no place that manufactures it here in South Africa. All those beads are imported from China. To me, that made no sense whatsoever. But I did look it up recently. Um, and the, the explanation that time was that the type of plastic that um, those beads are made out of and, and, and. I mean, but who came up with the rule that they must be made out of a specific plastic, especially um, if it's our thing. I mean, it's an African thing to have beads. But fortunately, I looked it up recently and I see that... Um, Yes, here in South Africa, there's places that are manufacturing beads. Uh, and um, now I'm pretty excited about that. And I noticed that other African countries also suffer from the same phenomenon. Um, about two years ago, I went to visit in Namibia. And the, during my stay there, there was a, a what you call a market. And I was very excited because I'm going to bring stuff, um, souvenirs for my kids. You know, it was like walking into a five-friend shop, guys, like a ch Chinese five-friend shop. No authenticity. I'm not downplaying any anybody here. We also doing the same here in South Africa. When we also started doing um, sanitizers right in the beginning of COVID, there were no sprays. There were not no sprays. Everybody's saying that we're waiting for sprays from China. You want to tell me that we're busy in South Africa manufacturing bottles that will fit in sprays that are made from China. And I was asking all these manufacturers, like, why don't we have a manufacturer of the sprays here in South Africa. No, it's because the mechanism is very difficult. There's a spring inside. There's a small pipe. So we'd have to buy those from somewhere, also from China. So it just became complicated. But what my question is, from all these millions of people that we are here in South Africa, we cannot create something that creates a suction, a fun and a spray. We cannot create something that creates a suction that is the same as a spray. Like that for me is very confusing, which means there's a lot of ground, guys. There's a lot of ground. Bottom line, there's a problem where you are. You probably have a problem. My cousin called me another day saying, you, you guys must set up something for fumigation. It's very difficult to get a fumigation company. Guys, you can also put out your company as a fumigation place and then you outsource the work to people that have the certificates and and have all that, uh, um, you know, accreditations and equipment and all of that stuff. 
Because you know that it's difficult to find on Facebook, it's difficult to find in such a place. You are the one that's going to advertise there and then you're going to call the company and charge your own markup from the people that were able to come through because of you. So little things like that, that we just can't uh, uh, um, get around. And the way that you advertise sometimes or um, what you're exposed to, you are able to capitalize on that. It's not a difficult thing, guys. And then... There's types of companies. For instance, I did say you don't have to be registered to run a company. You just need to sell and make profit. You can have a sole proprietor, which means that you'll be trading in your own name. When people are asking for tax clearance, you provide your own personal one. Everything is your own personal one. And then also there's a private company. That's the one that is registered at CIPC. 175 friends. The only difference between the two is that a, a private entity, the one that you register at CIPC, is very much protected when it comes to your assets. So as the company grows, be quick to register your private. The main thing here, guys, buy, sell, make a profit. Please attend to your tax matters. Attend to your tax matters. And the only easy way to do that is to separate your personal banking and your your business banking. If you're selling, for instance, shoes, put them in account, a separate, open a separate account. Make sure, guys, make sure it's not a savings account uh, because you're not able to grow your credit score when it comes to a savings account and also the longevity of the account um of a business account in a, in a check account is very, very vital. Remember, you're going to grow this thing. So um, another important thing is that when you're having your expenses, whatever, you're able to see exactly when it comes to the business, even though some some of your salary you put in that account because you are actually putting capital into the business. You're able to see when you sell like a profit, how things go. And also when you have to pay tax, you can see exactly on what you have to pay tax on. And then another thing is that when you uh, do your quotes and your um, invoices, quoting clients, sometimes other clients, when it's very informal, like you say, selling shoes, you don't even have to put together a quote. What you can do is Google accounting software, Google accounting software, where you can actually track the spending of the company. Into the account, what you can do is you show on your on your um accounting software there's lots of them some of them are free we went with wave apps um very very straightforward but get wave apps i think they're saying that it doesn't they're not using it anymore um here in south africa but because we were already in so we're still with wave apps ukonu sage ukonu zoho and they are free, guys. They are free. But I don't think Sage is free. Yeah? But you will see when you Google, it comes up. And it's so presentable. If somebody is wanting a, what you call a, a quote, you are able to even put there your nice little um, logo on the thing. It looks like, yeah, now it's really coming from a business. <laughs> so, and I've also received some help from um, NYDA. And they say CEDA does the same. NYDA is the youth development. 
Development Agency. Um, they've got something very straightforward, easy. They say it's vouchers. I think it's five vouchers that I've also used. Um, they did my branding, my logos, um, like you use the different vouchers for different things basically for the company and it really helps. It makes you look so polished um, and like you know what you're doing. And I heard that Seda also does the same thing. Um, for NYDA also, I, I applied for the grant oh, about four or five times, but eventually I did land the grant where they purchased um, my, my equipment and um and a lot of my stuff and it it was about worth a hundred and hundred and ten thousand um first round they granted me ten thousand the second round they granted me a hundred thousand i mean but this is applying about four or five times guys <laughs> you must be prepared to put in your paperwork but that is only for the youth cedar does more or less the same thing but for um other black business and then make sure that you are on databases Databases of corporate companies that you are trying to work on, work with, um, databases are like, um, the central, um, the CSD, uh, but that's only if you're really looking forward to what you call, um, looking forward to doing government tenders. Uh, government is very wide. Okay? Also municipalities, they need you to be on CSD and have a tax clearance. So those type of things. Um, the important thing, guys, bottom line, is to also ask these municipalities or even those databases, um, the people that do make up those databases, what do you guys need? What do you guys need from uh, 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 your company? Uh, what do you guys, uh, what can I source for you guys? You know, we've got lots of people that are around us, cousins, sisters, brothers. We don't even know what they do at work, guys. You'll find out that your cousin's busy looking for suppliers in a certain thing. He's looking, he's stressing, he's not finding suppliers. And this is somebody right next to you. You ask them. And you go through the proper channels. You don't want to be coming out of some commission or you know what. You want to do things proper. But you ask people, oh, you work at a certain place at procurement. But what do you guys uh, struggle to find? How can I get onto your database? I want to offer what you guys are struggling to find. Or where you want competitors. You know, you ask people, you speak to people. Launch yourself. That's the only way to go for it. And what I love about this is these people are around us. They are everywhere. They are working and they are looking for us. But it's just that we're not prepared to step out. And there's that trust issue also, guys, like they're not sure if you're really going to do it. They're not sure if, um, yeah, this is your thing, especially if they've known you for a long time. Then they're like, Ish, I know this one. Surprise them. Surprise them. Oh, I get such a kick when my customer is surprised from me doing good work. So, guys, that's me wrapping it up. Um, I'm going to post every two weeks and then we'll see how frequent we get our questions, um, how quickly our subscription grows, and then I'll keep on posting uh, related to that. Otherwise, have a good one. Thank you. Bye-bye.